Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. Visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Hello and welcome to Bookcheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics and joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Cass Page and Matt Stewart. Hello. Books, 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 Great to be back in with the official Bookchook crew. Ah, yes. Book, book, book. And a book book to you. And a book book. Thank you. And uh, it's also a swear word. What? So, book book. Book book is. Yeah, so it's very, you can say hello, you can say goodbye, or you can say. In in this world. Okay, good. Cool. Now Uh, I thought we were really book book to And uh, apologies (laughs) to any cultures uh, where book book is a swear word. (laughs) No, we're here on the final episode of the year. Thank you so much. And what a year it's been. One of the better years in recent memory. Um, I personally thought 2020 was the best and then 2021 came along and said, hey, hold my beer, i got an even better year for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ready? And I said, yeah. And then it gave it to me. It was the best. Hope you all... flip. (laughs) That was sick, yeah, on a skateboard. What a sick year. So, so you, badass. Are you hoping for like a quieter 2022 because you've been doing so much stuff this year? Honestly, if I, I don't think if it got even more hectic next year, I don't know if I could even handle it. Same level of hectic. Yeah. Maybe a little less would be fine. A little more. Maybe I could push it one more level. Let's see. Let's roll the dice. Maybe double front flip instead of one back flip. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're, we're bringing the skill down, but we're doubling the intensity. Double front flip. Yep. Yeah. One after the other, not two spins okay, in the air. Yeah. Yep, okay. <laughs> Come on. Ooh, calm down now. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about 2023 here. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for 2023. What a year that will be. Whoa. We're taking one at a time. I just feel, oh. feel that we're on an upwards trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> Getting better every year. Now, this is technically the Christmas episode. Oh, Merry Christmas. So, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners. And unfortunately, I haven't read a Christmas book. Really? Ever in your life? No. I refuse. No. No, usually I do. Usually I do a, a Christmas uh, story. Matt's been on a couple in the past. We've done a, a Poirot that was set at Christmas, an Agatha Christie mystery. We've done Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. But the way it worked this year, there'll, there'll be no Christmas cheer. <laughs> oh. Christmas is cancelled. <laughs> You've really taken some early notes from Charles Dickens there. There'll be no Christmas yes, That's year. right. I opened uh, A Christmas Carol. I read the first five pages. I thought, I like the jive of this uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. I'll take that into my own life. And I never finished the book. You're real bar humbug to. type. That's right. I have, I've been re- I know you normally ask this, but I'll just get straight to it. I've been reading... Um, 
<laughs> do you normally ask that? Usually, I, I was going to say, have you been reading any Christmas books that we could talk about quickly? But I no. haven't been reading any Christmas books um, on my audio, uh, what do you call it, the app? Audible. Audible. Do you have a code for that? Uh, that's right, as a sponsor of this uh, episode, audible.com slash bookcheat. Thanks, everybody. Oh. And I think this one just came included. So if you sign up, you might even get this as like a bonus one. But I, I've been listening to David Mitchell's Thinking About It Only Makes It Worse <laughs> and Other Lessons from Modern Life. It's pretty Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very f- funny, but yeah, it's him sort of kind of ranting. I think it's a collection of essays or columns he wrote for a British newspaper, maybe. But I've been really enjoying it as I not off to bed. I, the books really affect my dreams. So I've been dreaming in English sort of snarkiness. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, maybe snarkiness is a bit rough. But, yeah, I've been, he's, he's really good anyway. So you've, you've become wittier in your dreams. You oh, think? I'm so witty. <laughs> yeah. Ever I'm like, I'm, in my dreams, I'm standing with a brandy like this. Doing, oh, a, doing a swirl. Do swish, yes. Swivel? What's it? I'm swiveling it. Swill. I'm swishing it. I'm swirling it. I'm swilling it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like how Homer remembers him, himself when he was <laughs> yeah, drunk that yeah, time. Okay. That's I'm dreaming like that now. What a way to dream. Yeah. You're the best. I'm so funny. <laughs> I believe there's a fly in your, <laughs> your glass or something like that. And then it's, everyone laughs. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like that. It's so good. What have you been reading, Cass? Oh, goodness. I don't even think I've read the manuals properly for things I've recently purchased. Um, I mean, who does that? Come on. No, no. Next you'll be telling me you don't read the terms and conditions, though, on, a, on the, the, the Apple update. Surely. We're all reading those ones. You've just reminded me I, ha- I have some contracts to sign that mm-hmm. I also need to read. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, they're sitting in my inbox. Got to get them done. So at this point, you're not even reading your emails. I truly am not And maybe that's it I, I have text messages I've not read I have I've really taken the book cheat Approach to life Which is Dave has read it yeah. oh, Would you like to hand me your phone I'll summarise the text messages Brilliant I'll give you if the you gist Go through my emails Give me a vibe Okay I'll um, try it I'm willing to To book cheat anything I've done poetry I've done opera this year Oh my goodness Next year It's going to be emails Text cheat That would be pretty good for you, a lot less work. Yeah, that'd be great. One text per episode. Yeah. <laughs> it would be good if your summer was just like, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's it. That's yeah, all. You're, that's you're all you're going to have to read the original text. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I can't give away too much. <laughs> but I have been reading and it is not a, uh, it's not a Christmas, uh, Christmas book. I think what you're going to do today is transition this book from a, a non-Christmas book to a Thank Christmas you. book. Honestly, there are bits... The story goes for many years. They would technically live through multiple Christmases. So, if you want to insert okay. some Christmas cheer here. Get a little jolly. That would be good. Isn't any book you read at Christmas time a Christmas book? If you yes. think about it. Yes. If you got it for Christmas, it counts. Yeah, okay. I once got given a self-help book for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you should ever give someone a self-help book as a present. I'll just put it out there. <laughs> it wasn't good. So it didn't help you. But Um, it's not. I mean, isn't that kind of oxymoronic or something? If someone else is giving you a self-help book, surely only you can get yourself a self-help book. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't really me helping myself at that point. You are right. So I sort of opened it and it was amongst other small gifts. 
And as I was opening them, I'm like, wow, this person knows me so well. And then I opened the self-help book and they were like, yeah, this might help you. And I'm like, ooh, oh, no. too far. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> I was just like, Step ah, back. don't cry. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you start crying. They're like, they just start tapping the book. Ah, <laughs> hmm? uh, So I've, I think three. I've had a thumb through and this <laughs> one will be good for you. <laughs> well, so the book I've read uh, on this episode is... Journey to the West, also known as Monkey King, Journey to the West. I'm saying that title. I brought it up just before the episode. Matt, you, I've brought you on especially as the primato- amateur primatologist, host of the Primates podcast. Yeah, I'd almost call myself semi-pro now. Se- really? Yeah, semi-pro primatologist. At what point did you decide to upgrade? Uh, when I've CV? been doing the podcast for a while, I'm yeah. like, look... That's some small advertising dollars coming through this podcast. You've done over 100 episodes on media where there is some sort of primate in there. Yeah, and I've interviewed real primatologists sometimes. I feel like enough of that rubs off Yeah, it can be semi. Yeah. Semi can be... I'm not saying 50-50, amateur pro. Semi could be like 1%. Yeah, 1.99. Yeah. Would you pay that? I'd I'd pay that. And I'd pay you to teach me about primates. What do you need to know? Ask me anything. (laughs) (laughs) What do you remember of... uh, You've done an episode that is based on this. I've done a couple of episodes on media based on this story. One was about the TV show Monkey, aka Monkey Magic, and another one about the TV show called Cartoon with a Boy with a Tail... Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Boy Z with a tail. <laughs> as Dragon it was also Z. known yeah, as yeah. Dragon Ma- Boys. Dragon Boys. That's what the Z's for, right? Dragon Boys. I never read it that clearly. No, but yeah, we did a Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z in Australia. or <laughs> And we did a, a Monkey Magic. Monkey Magic. So you know a bit about this. Cass, do you know anything about Journey to the West? I have come in blind, but very... Eyes closed, brain open. Mm. Love um, that. We did watch a bit of the intro to the TV show, <laughs> Monkey Magic, and it was very cool to see, even just in that little snippet, how many bits of pop culture have already like spurted off and branched out. Is One Piece at all inspired by... One Piece. Yeah. Little Monkey Man? Luffy? One Doesn't he have a that, tail? That Peace. definitely could be. I'm not sure, but oh. there's literally... Oh, don't let me not having heard of it deter you. It's yep. possible. First rule of <laughs> semi-primatologist. Ooh, tricky. <laughs> don't let the lack of knowledge stop you from knowing. What's it called? You should come on Primates and tell us about it. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has a tail. It's Luffy from One Piece. He eats One. a special berry that makes him a stretchy, stretchy boy, but I also think he has a tail. Oh, it's a manga. Does Luffy have tail? Question mark. I must, Ooh, I must say, tall. this book is very influential on manga. Well, good on him. That good Jean, really standing the test of Tim. Yeah, and this because it's a very, very old book. Let me tell you about it. So it's uh, been suggested to me that I, by three people. Thank you very much to Lindsay Olds from the UK, Gordon Rodseth from Johannesburg in South Africa, and Sketch McKenzie. What a great name from Indiana for suggesting that I cover Journey to the West. Sketch McKenzie. He's a he was like a 1920s journalist, I reckon. With a, one of those press cards in his hat. <laughs> Sketch yeah. McKenzie, Sketch McKenzie <laughs> For the Chicago Globe. Uh, I got a question. Yes, Sketch? Did you do it? 
Uh, yes, I, I did. Oh, he's good. See, that's the thing about Sketch. Always gets, gets the scoop. Right. Always I, wouldn't gets his man. I wouldn't have said yes to anyone except Sketch, but I respect your work. What do you want, a Pulitzer? <laughs> uh, so thank you to Sketch. Now, Journey to the West is regarded as one of the four great classical novels of Chinese literature. Cast, name the other three. Here we go, Cast. Art of War. I'm afraid... Check. Next. Yeah, great. I'm afraid that I missed it, but there it is. Uh, you've got one. Um, the Oblong Pancake. Yes. Okay, two. <laughs> so there's one other. Yeah, great. Um, the Dictionary. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Chinese Dictionary? Mandarin. Yes. Absolutely Fantastic. nailed it. I've also got other translations of the titles. Obviously, I'm not going to challenge you on yours. Okay. But, uh, uh, all right, Dave. Uh, e. That's one in Mandarin. Uh, number one is uh, Journey to the West. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, who number two? Ah. Uh. Uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Sun. Uh, Romance of the Sun Kingdoms. Um, we've also got <laughs> Water Margin. Su. I haven't... Look, I, I, I'm doubting all of those now. I did... It was the 90s when I did two years... I did primary school uh, Mandarin for two years. Some... I, Some things, yeah. Either, either you correcting me on any of these things. E, no. R, Sun, Su... War. I'm, I'm believing you. The fourth one is Dream of the Red Chamber. Yep. So you're telling me that my favourite story that when I was in primary school was told to me was of Chinese origin. Now I'm thinking back, how would the school have known the oblong pancake? It's not in... <laughs> oblong pancake sounds great. Yeah. Sounds like a fun read and a delicious eat. Yeah. It's a good story. It's the king who gets given a, a square pan for for whatever reason. The cook, oh, Sorry, the emperor. And he gets cooked an oblong pancake. And everyone's like, ugh, dicey move serving the king an oblong pancake. And the, emperor, and the emperor's like, this is the coolest <laughs> shit. And so he's like, make everything oblong. And he makes everything he can oblong. He makes the trees grow in little like rectangles instead of circles. Like in cylinders, and then they end up. Every single thing in the town is oblong. That every all the peasants like bang their pans into squares. Then he looks up and he's like, "The moon is still round." So they cut down all the oblong trees and make a little like higgledy piggledy ladder all the way up to the moon. And the, one of his workers like climbs the moon with a little hammer. Climbs through the moon with a little hammer to beat the moon into place. And he gets about halfway up, turns around and looks back and realizes the Earth is round. Oh, so he no. comes back down and tells the emperor, and he's like the earth's round we can't make everything oblong and so everyone sort of loses the oblong craze but everyone keeps their little oblong pans and they love oblong pancakes i thought it was a lovely story that sounds awesome yeah big fan dave i uh, I have a little suggestion about this fan you've got (laughs) here we've got a uh, whiz bang round dyson fan which none of us can work out how it works we keep putting our hands all over it trying to figure out where the air is coming from and going we figured out where it's going, but coming from is a bit trickier. You it, know what? Oh, there'd be engineers absolutely screaming at their iPods right now going, Black it magic. comes from the... Do you reckon an engineer still using thing. an iPod? Certainly. <laughs> yeah, that respect. Oblongs. I'm talking about yeah. cool engineers. Oh, yeah. Cool retro engineers. Do you see that uh, corded headphones are coming back into style as like a fashion item? Oh, fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plug me in. <laughs> Plug me in. Well, yeah, I'm I'm going back that way. Very cool retro guy, so, so yeah. love to plug plug in. Plug and play. Don't have to charge those bad boys. Not at all. Think about that. I love uh, it. And some say uh, I read a blog that uh 
the Bluetooth ones can give you head cancer. So I've been I'm, saying that lots about all phones, though. I've never and, seen all and pretty much everything else. Yeah, <laughs> anything that emits a thing. Everything like, mm. except a lead. Not a corded, not a corded right. headphone. Corded headset, no. Uh, you keep your phone in your pocket, testicular cancer. Or ovarian. Yeah, you, can, you could get either. Yeah. We do not discriminate. <laughs> uh, so, Journey to the West, it's one of the big four, and it's regarded... Uh, Slayer, Metallica, <laughs> Exodus. Journey, Journey to, to the, the West. West. <laughs> uh, and it's probably the most famous one in Western culture anyway. It's written by Wu Chung-un, a novelist and poet of the Ming Dynasty. It was first printed in around 1580. Amazing. Yeah. So it's pretty old. According to Britannica... The story itself was already a part of Chinese folk and literary tradition in the form of colloquial stories, a poetic novelette, and a six-part drama when Wu Chang'un formed it into his long and richly humorous novel. Mm. That's the words of Britannica. They love it. Yeah. Pigsy is a very funny character. Very funny. Some translations uh, feature 100 chapters and it's nearly 2,000 pages long. It's really, really long. Whoa. That'd be better than a Bible of stop on a bullet. It, yes, honestly, I couldn't imagine how big it is because the the version I read is translated by Julia Lavelle. It came out earlier this year. It's awesome. It's uh, abridged in some sections and is only about four hundred pages long. Uh, Sounds she, like it's abridged in a lot of sections. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the pages are very big. They're all A three <laughs> sheets. Uh, Lavelle is a professor of modern Chinese history and literature at Burbeck University of London, so you can trust Lavelle. Yeah. Also. I trust anyone who's confident enough to read one of the classics that they study and be like, some of us not needed. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, I, this is what I do. I'm, you, can, you can skip this bit. It's I love fine. this book. Let me get my red text up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the work's influence on popular culture is hard to understate. It's been adapted into nearly every media you can think of. There's paintings, plays, other books, comics, animations, anime, video games, music, dance, numerous TV shows and films, including... Monkey, aka Monkey Magic. Yes. Any non-fungible tokens? Oh, definitely. Am I saying that right? Fungible. Fuck. <laughs> but you could take that non-fuckable sound. Non-fuckable tokens. The, the sound of you mispronouncing it and make that into an <laughs> <Yeah>. NFT. <laughs> Sell it for millions, man. Oh, was that? Oh, sorry, Cass. I was talking about a new thing. I, you might not have caught I up had, with it yet. I hadn't heard of it. I've, I've heard of the non-fungibles and I have heard of the non-fuckable tokens, of course. <laughs> but I... <laughs> Well, yeah, there's actually a pretty new thing that, yeah, it doesn't matter if you haven't heard of it, but it's a non-fungable token. Okay, I'm going to come out with um, fuckable token. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I am listening now. (laughs) Finally, something for me. Your two friends have come out with business plans and you can only invest in one. We've got to scramble to make PowerPoints now. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a pass on fungable. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no, you don't fung his tokens. Well, okay, I'm back on, back on board. <laughs> so it's it's nearly everything, in, and uh, a Dragon Ball. Did we say that on pod yet? Yes, we did say that. That's we loosely, kept saying, dra- well, we said Dragon Boys, <laughs> loosely based on the story. And I believe, if I'm remembering this, I haven't written this down, but so the main character has a monkey. Also, is given a Chinese name, but when that's translated into Japanese, it is Goku, which is the main character in Dragon Ball, and he also has a little tail, and transforms into a giant. Ape of some sort. Yeah, that's right. It's very cool. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's very, very, very influential, this thing. And I'm sure there's people at home being like, oh, I've, I know this one 
that's adapted to what was the one you mentioned, Cass? One Piece. One Piece. Maybe that's one of the ones Look, that people are yelling at the iPods. Maybe it's not. I looked it up. The character has a tail. That might be where the similarities <laughs> end, and it might be one of those like you know, not directly connected things. But if if it hadn't been for this book, we wouldn't. Yes. We wouldn't have even known to put tails on it. That's right. Before Wu Changun, no one had put a tail on something. No, it's donkeys only at a party. What a guy. No one else gets a tail. <laughs> he created that game as well. <laughs> So, uh, I always start with the opening line, which is, After Pangu created the universe by separating the earth and sky with his mighty axe, the world was divided into four continents in the north, south, east, and west. Our story takes place in the east. Yeah, great. Love that it. is very cool. And we're off. Do you want me to do my Pangu um, impersonation? Please. And my axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something I've been working on. That was... You really took me to a dramatic place. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's in the room. Wow. Thank you, Pangu. No worries. I hope we hear more from you throughout this, this <laughs> book. Does the book go into what the world was like before it was split up? No, it doesn't. It just has that bit. And then we, we go to where our setting is. But what are you imagining? Is it kind of like, is it a bit gooey? Pangu? Uh, Pangu. Pang- it's a bit Pangu. <laughs> yep. Well, if it's a solid being separated from air, is the middle ground like a goo uh, or is it like, uh, you know, that weird foam stuff where you're like, oh, I can feel it's fluffy almost, but I can touch it. Or was it just like, it was just like there were clouds. It felt like you were high altitude, but you were standing on the land. Oh, maybe. And I just cut out all that middle bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and brought the sky down to our level. So we sort of feel like we're aeroplanes. We can, f- yeah. That's why we love flying. As people, because we miss the days when we could just walk amongst the clouds. Yeah, we miss pre-Pangu times. Yeah. Nice. Pangu. Simpler Pangu I mean, times. he's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> Pangu, you... <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Good on ya. Nah, a lot of good's come of it as well. I'm sorry, yeah, Pangu. Yeah, nah, it's been good. And look, look, he really got, went out and did what he wanted. Yeah. He, he, got, he got what he needed, did what he wanted. I Have I followed my dreams to the fullest I could have? No. I wish I were more like Pangu, to be honest. Yeah. Fair call. Fair game. We should all be more like Pangu. Split matter. Yeah. Divide the earth. Honestly, is there anything that can't be solved with an axe? I can't think of anything. No problem. No. Well, thanks to Pangu, separated and our story is in the east and our novel opens atop the mountain of flowers and fruit. Oh my god, uh, can we go? Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic spot. Also called Flower Fruit Mountain. It's a beautiful place. (laughs) (laughs) This is a beautiful translation. I think they've done a great job. It's a beautiful place with phoenixes and unicorns. There's a mortal fruit. Just a lovely spot, you know. Whoa. They mention the phoenix in the... The narrator mentions phoenix in the intro to Monkey slash Monkey Magic. The phoenix can't fly until it has feathers or something like that. That checks out. I don't think a chicken would be much use. Is that, is that how a, a phoenix evolves? So it, it, there's fire, then a chicken, and then it gets more feathers in it. I think it's, a, it's a chicken that's been set on fire. Yeah, and then all the feathers burn off, and then you just got to wait to grow back. Yeah. Like if all my hair grew out, I couldn't brush it. You'd be a chicken. I, I would. Behold a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Featherless bipedal. There I'd be. Ah, Speaking in riddles, <laughs> I see. <laughs> you don't understand. Oh. It's one of the famous philosophers. It's like an old linguistics thing. Um, there's a really big problem with being able to 
define what a word means and it's a fun exercise to do where you're like cool define a table and you're like oh it's got four legs and you're like cool like a dog and you're like no okay it's got four legs and the top's flat and it's like oh like a chair it's like no it's like it's very hard to define something without having a visual reference for it and to give something its own concrete singular definition and one of the famous uh old-timey philosophers once defined a human as a featherless bipedal and then one of his enemies or friends i can't remember plucked his chicken roll ran out into the street and said behold a man so <laughs> i mean i got it <laughs> If that's, I don't know if you, you explain this for my benefit. I remember the old timey philosopher. I get it, yes. Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but Harry Potter said I've that. Seen I'm, it. I'm embarrassed that I can't remember any of their names. So I think it was like the famous ones. One of the Greek ones. Yeah, Socrates. Socrates, Aristotle, 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 um, Aristotle. Uh, who's the other main one, Dave? Uh, the big Aristotle, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh yeah. Mm, yep. Uh, also Plato. <laughs> Plato. Yeah, it might have been Plato. Wow, there you go. Yeah, and his enemy, Bolo. Just tortured a chicken and was like, huh? Huh, you happy now? Yeah, this is a guy now. <laughs> this is a man. <laughs> this is my son now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Plato, good on you. <laughs> so, we're, we're, anyway, we're on a, a beautiful, lovely uh, flower f- fruit mountain. And on its peak sits a divine stone where mystical energies of heaven and earth and the light of the sun and moon have come together to impregnate a boulder. Yes. And oh, someone's someone's yeah. bound a rock. Honestly, uh, they don't <laughs> go in, they don't go into enough detail for me. Someone's gotten a little bit bolder with this that boulder, a, if you know what I mean. This is what the sixteen hundred pages that were chopped were about. <laughs> it was just going into really yeah, graphic really. detail. She's just sitting in her office, rubbing her brow, <laughs> like we don't need it. Chapters one through ninety on fucking a boulder. <laughs> <laughs> she slashed those. Uh, Lavelle, that's the good stuff. Get your rocks off. That's where that <laughs> comes from. I didn't know that until now. Somehow it's developed a magic womb, and one day it gives birth to a stone egg. The egg then hatches into a stone monkey that comes to life. This self-assured and wise-talking monkey... <laughs> oh, so he's fun. Cool. He's fun. He's <laughs> like, hey, a monkey. <laughs> I love him. A monkey in here. <laughs> Honestly. And other times... My mum's this mountain. <laughs> he, he can't be tamed. He's a wild, wild, wild monkey. Uh, he happens upon a group of other primates, not made of uh, concrete, and becomes their king when he proves to be the only one brave enough to enter Water Curtain Cave. And that's when he becomes Monkey King. Right. He's like, oh... This is made of the same thing my mom is. Yeah, this is this cool. This is cool. I've been in here before. They were like, oh, I came from here. Too scared to go inside there. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's made of mom. I'm going to go in and out there. <laughs> See, it's fine. And they're like, right, you can be my king, which honestly makes as, as much sense as any um, sort of monarchy that I've ever heard yeah. of. Would you pick, would you, if you got to pick who was your boss, would you pick someone braver than you? Because what if they made you do something that they were brave at? And you're not brave at it. Oh, okay. So you think if you pick the wussiest... Per- no, but I still think the wussiest person would make you do the thing they don't want to do. So you want someone mid-ground, don't you? Oh, yeah. You want you want someone who feels like they've got something to prove to you. Rather than you have to prove to them. Yeah. They're like, I want to be a good leader for you, my people. And I'd be like, yeah, prove it. What are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to go into like water curtain cave or something? <laughs> Matt, as the bravest man I know, what would you... Well, I'd go to the Wharton Curtain Cave. Yeah. 
Sounds wow. like a, is that a local pub or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go in there and Wait. try and eat, eat a steak in under 12 minutes. Yeah, I'd buy a round for the bar. <laughs> I'd be their king. Rounds on me, my leader. Jobs for all. Here we go, let's party. I'm your king now. King Maddie. <laughs> People are just like quietly sitting in the corner reading the newspaper. Who is this guy? Being my subjects yeah. now. <laughs> it's 8.30 in the morning. Stop buying us beer. But Monkey is king and life is pretty sweet. He lives in a beautiful place and is king for four centuries. But then after seeing a fellow monkey die of old age, the fear of death creeps into him, so he decides there's only one thing for it. He must travel around the world to seek the Tao, which is a religious movement, and find a way to be able to live forever. Yeah, that's clever. I love that. So 400 years go past. He sees one person die and he's like, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't no know one, that was on the cards. No one mentioned this. <laughs> also, I'm made of stone. Like, can I die? Will I die? Yeah, I think there's so far there's a lot in common between his story and Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. yes. Born of a rock. Born of a rock. Uh, can't die. Been queen for 400 years. Exactly. And she's obviously traveling the world to find the Tao. Yeah. To extend her life. I and thought you were going to say went around the world Superman style to turn back time. Like he, I think he did in one of the movies. Oh, yeah. Super fast. Yeah. His girlfriend dies and then he spins the world the wrong way um, with tears in his eyes, I think. Oh, that part, you need, it needs to be tears. Yeah. You got to you gotta want it. <laughs> <laughs> Magic tears. <laughs> Just the idea the queen doesn't have it in her. I don't want it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cry. Oh, so he travels for 10 years on this quest. Oh, well, now you know you're running out of time. Why spend any? Oh, it's a long, long time. 10 years is no time to a, man, a monkey who's been king for 400. 400 years. Yeah, the yeah. scale of things is a little bit different here. And he starts to dress and talk as a human this time. And I've got to note that he wears a kilt throughout the story, which right. I thought was the best. Stuart Tartan? Of, oh, the only only tartan out there. Yeah. Yeah, this this is is this pre tartan or post tartan? Does he actually wear a kilt kilt? He's wearing it oh he's wear, it says that in, in the translation I read he's wearing a kilt and his tail often is flopping out the back of the kilt, which is flopping out. Uh, if you turn the kilt around you'd probably have a little kilt window. Because oh, it's the two flaps crossover, so you could probably like he's got weasel out of the flaps. He's wearing it backwards. Depending on yeah, depending on how you did it. Crisscross style. Oh. Was a band from a long time ago. Wore their pants backwards. Oh, jump. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so nice when someone understands what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always quick to doubt that the thing I'm saying ever happened. And how many hundreds of years old are you right now? Ah, uh, well, I travelled the earth as king for 400. <laughs> king Matt. <laughs> Again, after visiting the pub and buying three jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, eventually, Monkey finds a wise old sage called Sabodi, or Subodai, actually, is my... Uh, um, apologies if I get any of the Chinese names wrong. I listened to this whole book on Audible as well to try and get the names right, but I still may stuff them up. So, apologies. You re- read and listened. Did yep. a double. Yep. That's oh. so try Same I, time or what? separately? Uh, a bit of sometimes I would read whilst listening and other times I would just read. That's fun. And otherwise, like sometimes just listen. When you're a kid, did you ever have those books... Read along. <gasps> Read along. Yeah. And, the, and then when, the, when you hear this chime, it turn means the turn the page. Yeah. Sick. That was great. But then you, you accidentally, you, you open to it, to it once. And you're going, what's going on? I've lost my spot. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. Oh. Did they chime? There was no chime. Dave, when you hear this sound, turn <laughs> the page. 
Thank you to Audible for customising <laughs> the book for me. Well, they're your sponsor. Of course they would. Thank good you. people at Audible. Good people. Great people. Use Dave's code. Uh, so they, they <laughs> that is book cheat. Uh, so they found uh, so he finds uh, Subadai who only agrees to teach Monkey after he waits outside his cave for months on end and refuses to leave. And eventually Subadai takes him in and gives him the religious name Swanu Kong, meaning Monkey awakened to the void. Oh, aren't we all? Yes. Aren't we all just monkeys just mon- awakened to the void? I'm still waiting to wake up to be honest. <laughs> Uh, sometimes he's referred to as this as this name, but I'll continue to call him Monkey for most of the book. And I believe that's the part that translates possibly to Goku. Ah. Uh, after some more pestering from Monkey, who's itching to become a mortal. So the sage teaches him that some very basic stuff, and he's like, "Man, let's just cut this crap. I just want to. I just want to know the good stuff. How do I live forever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't waste my time here." And well, I, sp- I suppose you could come to someone and be like, "Don't waste my time. I need to learn how to live forever." And they're like, "Well, I guess." What I'm hearing is you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be rushing. Yeah, or I'll teach you to yeah to be immortal and then we'll go back to the start and you will learn everything. You'd regret perfectly. rushing it, wouldn't you? Because you'd get through everything and be like, oh, I've got nothing more to do and I've got infinite time left. <laughs> I really wish I took my time with those lessons. You fucked up. So he's itching to become immortal. Eventually the sage teaches him the 70... 72 methods of earthly transformation, which basically means he can transform into anything big or small. One of the coolest things in the book is that he can also individually transform each of his body's 84,000 hairs oh, yeah. into an army of clones or other things, including an army of smaller monkeys. He did that in the TV show. He'd pull hair out maybe from his ear or his head. Oh, yeah. Probably his head. I can't remember. And then and, would he blow on them And then he'd blow on them, yeah. And then, yeah, maybe that created an army. Very vague memory. That is very cool. It's yeah. very cool. I want that option. You Did, know, like... Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, just have an army whenever you want. Yeah. I mean, do they have to be an army? Could they just be friends? Chill. Could they be cool? <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard someone Could say. Could they be friends? <laughs> Please? <laughs> I want to live forever, but I don't want to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> forever. They're like, oh, I'm sick of these guys. They can go. I'll just pull out some new friends <laughs> from <can>. my head. <laughs> Did, and, and the other thing from the show that I remember was he would, um, he, he could get a cloud. He'd make a cloud come and he'd sort of just scoot around on a cloud. He can, he can, um, he's, uh, he's taught how to cloud somersault is what it's called, which means with one somersault on a cloud, he's able to travel... 54,000 kilometers or 34,000 miles in one bound. Wow. That's, That's very which cool. in reality is anywhere on Earth and then some because Earth has a diameter of 40,000 k. Oh. But in the story, it's way bigger because it also includes heaven and other mystical places. Oh, great. That's great. you got to include the other mystical places. Yeah, you got to have the option. Yeah, that's right. Who knows how big they are. <laughs> So he can transform, but sometimes his disguise doesn't hide his tail or his bright red monkey butt. Which is a source of comedy in the book So he'll be Transformed into a bird or something And and it'll be like Why has this bird got a red monkey butt And he's like Oh no I've been busted (laughs) And a tail A bird with a tail would be a funny look Or you'll transform into Yeah like a I don't know, like a servant of someone in like a kingdom that he visits or something. And then they're like, oh, why have you got a tail? And he's like, oh, no, I've been busted. <laughs> Was that his catchphrase? Yeah. 
He's also taught to become an incredible fighter and learns magic and spells that allow him to control gods and spirits. So he's oh, that's doing a lot of stuff. He's taught a lot. Controlling, Controlling God. gods. <laughs> yeah. It's a big leap. Yeah, because so, sometimes he'll be like, I need it to rain and you'll summon the rain god. And oh, so it rain. It's, is it, does he control the gods or does he, is he just cool with them? Like can he just ask for favours? Uh, well, they, they, they do his bidding most of the time because he is so powerful. It really sounds like he's become a god. Yeah. It, well, he's, they refer to him as an immortal because the thing he wanted was to live forever and he learns an internal breathing method that gives him immortality. Internal breathing method. I knew uh, it. That's all it was. Yeah. So I, see, that's... No, look, thinking about it now, it does make sense that if you don't stop breathing, you won't die. Yes. I think... I read an article once. I can't remember where it was. But everyone who has died has stopped breathing. And that is a commonality that they found. And some people who have lived have stopped breathing. But everyone who've died stopped. And that's the only... I'm a bit sus on it. How do, would an article know that? Have they checked every dead person? Yeah, look, I, it is hard to ask. I think they were using some, some analytic. Okay. Some, oh, okay. I think it an was, algorithm of sorts? No, well, I think they were like extrapolating from morgue findings, but obviously the people right. in the morgue can't ask. So, you know, it's... Yeah, well, I didn't realise extrapolations had taken place. No, I think it's, it's similar to the thing where they test and they're like, you know... You know, plants can feel pain sometimes or, you know, how sometimes they claim fish can't feel pain or whatever. Plants can feel pain sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the saddest Christmas <laughs> episode ever. <laughs> I feel think, like Tiny Tim. Think that about no, the tree you've got in bleach at your house. <laughs> uh, I punch a tree every day. <laughs> it feels... <laughs> it feels so you don't have to. Oh. It's the gift of a tree. Plant. I like how you say Plant. Ah, thank you. Very fancy. <laughs> well, sometimes uh, some people pronounce it differently depending on whether it's a verb or not. So some people plant plants, some people plant plants, and some people plant plants. Oh, oh what's your method? I plant plants. Plant plants. Plant plants. <laughs> plant plants. I'm simply plant plants. Plant, plant plants. Plant plant plants. Ooh, it's one of those ones I won't, I can't, I won't know until I say it again. Yeah. And then you'll have I'll to, let you know. Yeah. What, what about, here's a question. Is it a planter box or a planter box? Maybe it's a planter box. Yeah, planter box sounds right I used there. to, I used Ooh. to say all my R's a lot closely because my parents are from Adelaide and they raised me. Oh, um, yes. But I've spent too long in the culture, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I say, Adelaide I say is fancy. Planter box now. Adelaide all, is all fancy, isn't it? It's dance yeah. and prance. Dance, prance. Um, I remember asking about the graph. Lance, my boil, please. That sort of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> A doctor laughs at you for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. In, uh, I asked about the graph on the board in maths class once. Maths. In maths class once. <laughs> and one of the girls put her hand up and she said, uh, what's a graph? And the teacher said, it's a graph. And then everyone went, oh, it's a graph. <laughs> what's it, a, I'm glad what's it didn't traumatize me. I just, felt, I just felt bad that graph, she graph. hadn't heard graph in... Like, yeah. It, like, you know, we were young. Like, Couldn't it's very it reasonable that she just had never heard it and she That's didn't know. Funny. That's pretty funny. But fun. it, was, it was embarrassing. What's a graph? And then they said a graph and she said, What's a graph? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> the teacher realized they've done a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? We're talking about Monkey. He's, he's awesome. He's, right. he's shown all this incredible stuff. And uh, his sage advises Monkey never to needlessly show off his skills, for to do so may encourage others to ask him to teach them. 
And he tells them... Gate f- light, gas keep, girl bombs. <laughs> he says, if you do teach them, they may go on to cause trouble. And if you don't teach them, they'll resent you for it. Wise words from the sage. Does Monkey listen? No. He gets in trouble for showing off his newly acquired skills to the other students in the class. Because he knows more than them. And he loves but showing off. does he off. share? I feel like it's not going to be a problem if he shares. I also feel like you're about to tell us. Sorry. I'm excited. No, no. <laughs> this is good. Basically, he just can't help himself. And that is uh, launching into a continual pattern of behaviour for Monkey. Oh, but, but surely if it's like, hey, don't tell people about it unless you're willing to teach them, that seems pretty fair. Like open a school, make it so that everyone can help. But if he's just but having he, a brag. But I think they – but didn't it, they also said – if you do teach them, then it'll create, they'll create trouble. And if you don't teach them, they'll resent you. So they're saying either way, it's bad. Is oh, that right? Okay. Yeah, just keep it, keep it to yourself. And Monkey's like, yeah, no worries. And then the instant- <laughs> Yeah, no worries. It shuts the door. <laughs> hey, guys, hey guys. you never guess what I learned. <laughs> Check out Check this out. fire. <laughs> Check out my hairs. They're an army now. <laughs> and uh, Subadai, his teacher, gets mad at him. And he forbids him to ever tell anyone who taught him all he knows because he doesn't want to get into trouble for the actions of this mischievous monkey. He's like, you're going to get in trouble. People are going to ask you how you know this stuff. Never tell them I taught you. Now go home. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd trust Smart monkey move. there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he does. He goes home to Flower Fruit Mountain and his monkey followers are relieved to see him back because in the decades he's been away because it's taken ages to learn oh all this stuff. Um, he's... An old demon has taken residence and enslaved his monkey friends. Oh, my God. And monkey is now extremely powerful and he kills the demon and his minions and saves the kidnapped monkeys. And this is the first time we see his incredible fighting skills in action. And he is awesome. He's a really good fighter. Good on him. Well, thank God. You know, he's got to have something. If someone's bragging, you want him to be able to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he can. Absolutely. Uh, but this also in, uh, leads to him becoming quite arrogant. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. If he wasn't already. Yeah, he was already. And now he's like, oh, I'm the best fighter I've ever met. <laughs> well, I, he, could, I could say anything to anyone. Yeah. it's. I personally, if I'm going to guess for myself and how I would respond to these circumstances, I probably would have gained arrogance at gaining godlike control. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> where it would have kicked off for yeah, me. Yeah, for um, sure. Controlling but, weather. Yeah, beating, beating up one guy. I pr- at that point ripple in the ocean. <laughs> I got so arrogant after I punched one tree. So I don't know what I'd do with all this yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah, everyone see me really punch that. Hurt my hand a lot, yeah. but still. But he still did it. And yeah. there's a thing you're not doing it. Yeah, who else? I never see anyone. That's punch why trees. he's the king. Yeah. People call you the tree puncher. <laughs> there's another thing in the show that I remember. He'd have this crown. But it'd give him headaches sometimes. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a ring. Ring. That someone right. puts on his head to control him later in the book. Ah, right. Oh. Because he gets a little out of control, as we'll find out. So, so it sounds like they were, they were relatively faithful to the book in this show. Yeah. Especially with, nice. especially the characters that we watched in that intro before. I was like, yeah, these are the main characters. Oh, Except sick. for one, but I'll, I'll read out their name and see if you, if you recognize them. But first, Monkey realizes he's a great fighter, but he'll need a weapon. And, uh, he's he, the weapon <laughs> Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like I want a sick weapon And he's told a nearby dragon king Might have a weapon he's looking for So he goes there but the dragon king's guards tell him Their masters refuse to see him Monkey doesn't take no for an answer And says there must be a mistake 
surely this king wants to see a fellow king like me. So he breaks down the door and just barges into the dragon king's lair, oh. who, who quickly realises that Monkey is pretty formidable as an opponent and he basically says, take any weapon you want. Jeez. Uh, Monkey grows frustrated that none of the weapons are suitable. He tries them all out. It's a bit like that scene in Pulp Fiction where Bruce Willis <laughs> is going through the weapons. But eventually he finally settles on a massive nine-ton iron pillar. Did you use that in the TV show? As his there main was, weapon? He had a... I, f- I vaguely remember he had a weapon that was like a little stick that could become a big stick. Yes, that is this. Oh, oh. sick. So, the Monkey King, he's the only creature strong enough to wield these staff-like weapons, like a long, thin... Well, it's actually not even thin at all. It's just long. And there's Donna, an... Is- Donatello style. Yes. Mm. Exactly. The God. master of the staff. If, if people at home are like, yeah. wait, what a staff... Oh, like Donatello had in the Ninja Turtles. Gotcha. Absolutely. Like Donatello had in the Renaissance, gotcha. Yeah, that's right, with his sculpting. And um, so Monkey, he instantly has an affinity with with this weapon that no one else can pick up. And uh, the gold banded staff can change its size, elongate, fly, and attack opponents according to its master's will. Wow, it can like just attack on its own. Yeah, he just goes, fool, and it flies at people. Oh, God. It's massive and can grow to the size of a skyscraper. But when not being used, Monkey shrinks it down to the size of a sewing needle and then stores it in his ear. Yes. <gasps> I, reckon that's, I reckon that's how they do it on the show. Isn't it funny? I'm the toughest guy. I could beat anyone up. I need a weapon <laughs> that's like no one else can use as an even. Like, it just feels like it's overkill, man. Yeah. Like, how did, why did they make it? No one could use it. Why did he have? Why did the dragon guy have that in his house? Why did he? And have why it? he was like? Why was he like? Oh yeah, take this one. Why was he like? Oh, you don't want that. It's a sewing needle. What's that gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Monkey's like, I'll give it a try. Um, so he's like, great, thanks for the weapon. He also asked him if he's got any um, attire, any clothes, or any armor that, that he can have while he's there. And the king's like, oh no, basically hitting a panic button under the desk, <laughs> being like, get this guy out of here. He hasn't got anything, so he asks his his friends, the other Dragon Kings, to pitch in and donate stuff like golden chainmail that's in the shape of a shirt, a phoenix feather cap, and cloud walking boots. And Monkey's like, "Hey, thank you so much for your hospitality." While the others are like smiling at him through gritted teeth because this guy's just robbed them blind, but they can't do anything because he's so powerful. Right. And they've given him even more weapons to be powerful. <laughs> does he just not read the room? Yeah, or he does and just doesn't care. Oh, okay. I suppose you are God. Yeah, he's like, see you later. And he leaves happy, but the Dragon Kings are furious for robbing them blind. They complain to the Jade Emperor, who is like the top dog in heaven and whom everyone obeys. They go to the top. All they the they the go top. straight to God. Straight to God. The God above the God, Jade Emperor. I want to speak to your God manager. <laughs> <laughs> I've got your a God. God's God. I've got a God mother. <laughs> uh, the Jade Emperor... Hears this and goes, all right, there's only one thing for it. He sentences Monkey to death. Oh, but that's the opposite of the thing he wanted the whole (laughs) time. Yeah, whoops. But uh, Monkey defies Hell's attempt to collect his soul. Oh, no. In fact... He's immortal, right? Yeah, he he gets pissed off because he's like, hey, I'm immortal. This is offensive that you're even trying <laughs> yeah, to get Yeah, don't waste all our time Yeah, here, come on. Please. What are you doing? This is a little bit rude to be honest. I'm, I'm above this now. I'm an immortal. Just saying no to hell. Being like, oh, no. No. I'm not subject to your rules, hell. No, I, I would struggle to say no to like, you know, PTO. <laughs> We're going to give you a fine on this tram. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've got a ticket. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to make a scene. 
That's real monkey level stuff from you, Cass. Well, no, I'm saying I wish that I could. Oh, you wish even that, do that you could. This, this, this monkey is being like hell. Oh my goodness, no, no not and, for me. And he gets so offended by them trying. He goes down to hell and starts smashing stuff up with his staff, with a pillar. And hell's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hey, hey, whoa, hey, 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 can't we come to some arrangement? Yeah, and he goes down and he wipes his name out of the the book of life and death, which is a collection of books claimed to have every every name of every mortal alive. And the ability to manipulate lifespans. And uh, he also takes out his friends' names as well to be like, don't worry about that. I'll yeah. take Kevin out of there. When you say you start smashing up hell, does that make hell worse or better? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're freaking out. I don't know. It's just he, like, I'm going to ruin your shit. And they're yeah. like, oh, no. Oh, I get, oh. I mean, it's already, it's already broken. Don't tell him. Don't tell, let him. Let him think he's doing something. He starts like putting up rainbows he's and stuff. Like, oh, no. Yeah, what Dusting. are you doing? He's doing a vacuum. Oh, my God. He's cleaning the sheets. <laughs> he's turning on the light. Oh, my God. He's laundering the curtains. <laughs> so, the Dragon Kings and the Kings of Hell report him again to the Jade Emperor. They're like, you've got to do something about this guy. Um, Excuse me. He did it again. He's wild. <laughs> uh, remember when he tried to send him to Hell? Well, he destroyed Hell. So, if you could do something about it. So, um, the Jade Emperor's like, fine, I'll sort this guy out. He sends down his heavenly army. He uses everything, even trying to erase him from existence altogether. But they ultimately fail. Wow. Monkey just beats them all. Imagine having a theme song like that. It's such a good song. So good. It's badass. If anyone wants to write Matt a theme song. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for picking up my subtle in there. (laughs) I, I know some of you can do it. Matt needs a theme song. <laughs> now you're you're being like monkey, just making people bend to your whim. Yeah, well, I think it's a good way to live because yeah. it clearly is working out for him. I haven't heard any of negative consequences that have actually gotten to him. That's true. And, I'm going to live more like monkey. And there's still no ne- negative consequences here. So he beats all the armies and they're like, all right, we'll take a different tact here. They'll give him a job. Give him a bit of responsibility, you know? Oh, right. So trick him. Straighten him out. Straighten yeah, exactly. Him out. Play to his ego sort of thing. Yeah, and, and it's decided that in heaven he'll be keeper of the heavenly horses. Hmm. Sounds like a great job title. And at first Monkey is stoked. He's honoured to be given such a position up in heaven. He's like, thank you so much. I won't cause any more trouble. I'll, you know, I really, I really do this job well. But then he learns from an assistant one day that he's not a fully-fledged god, which he thought he was. But a glorified stable boy who's in charge of the horses. Uh, it feels like when they trick kids into the army. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is, it's too tricky to deal with you. God, you want this great opportunity? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but it is a crappy position with an official sounding title. So, Monkey, who thinks quite a lot of himself, uh, especially now after being so powerful, storms out of heaven and goes home, where in defiance he gives him the title of Great Sage... Equal to heaven. Whoa. He, he gave himself, himself that title. He just rebrands. Love it. Starts telling people that's what I am. I'm I'm as good as all of heaven. That's what me. Uh, and this all is, of heaven. So He's not just saying I'm equal of the Jade God. You know, everything. Everything. And this actually this title really offends the Jade Emperor and, and Heaven. If he's equal to all of heaven, then he's saying that this he's equal to stable boy. Yeah, but then also everyone else. The heavenly horses, for instance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those heavenly horses. <laughs> Mr. Hands used to talk like that. That's another story. That's another story entirely. That is different. <laughs> also influenced by the uh, journey to the West. Mm, I Everyone is. So, yeah. Everyone is. Very influential. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the Jade Emperor is offended that he's calling himself equal to heaven. So he sends out an army of powerful demon hunters this time to sort him out. But Monkey fights them all one by one and wins. Yeah, they, they tried demons the first time. But this is their problem. They're taking him on one by one. Yeah, yeah. Go him all at once. You've got to overwhelm him. Yeah. You've got to trick him. It worked before to trick him. You've got to trick him with violence this time. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel you can't just go him physically. You've got to trick him. You can't be honourable at this stage. Why not? They should have given him a job that was slightly better than shoveling heavenly horse shit. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Well, in yeah, fact... you got Huck Finned. Yeah. Like, yeah, painting this fence is great. <laughs> well, like, that's oh, what- yeah. <laughs> and they, well, they realise that Monkey's going to be pretty hard to beat. So the Jade Emperor agrees that Monkey can call himself Great Sage Equal to Heaven. And even invites him back to heaven to be promoted to guardian of the immortal peach groves. He's like, this is a better job. And you can call yourself that made up title. No worries. Okay. Now, well, remember I told you that, and Monkey, he accepts. He goes, thank you so much, Graham. Glad we come to this arrangement. He tricked a second time. He's like, peaches, yep. I don't have to clean up peach poo. <laughs> but remember when I told you that Monkey just can't help himself? Well, oh, yeah. Well, he tours the orchard of exotic fruits that he's actually in charge of including the magical peaches that only ripen every few thousand years and extends anyone who eats them's life. And he just can't resist. He eats one. He's like, I'll give it a try. How, 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 I'll see what that tastes like. You're not going to try before you buy. It's great. And then he eats nearly all of them <laughs> in an entire orchard. But he's already... Mo- oh, my... And then several handmaidens enter the garden to pick the fruit, which was supposed to be eaten as part of a royal banquet that day. What does handmaiden mean? I've heard of a handmaiden's tale. Some Is sort of to do Mrs. With hands? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Handmaiden. The handmaiden's tale. Is that similar to like Goku having the having the tale? They're sort of just like uh, <laughs> people that help out in the king's court. Right. I'd never heard that term before recently. Now I'm hearing it everywhere. On an ad for a TV show in this podcast. Look, I tell you, this book is very influential. <laughs> right. Margaret Atwood read it and was like, "Handmaiden." That gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what if we learn from her perspective? <laughs> well, it doesn't go that well for them because they they say, "Oh, where's the fruit? We're supposed to pick it for the the royal banquet." And Monkey's like, "What banquet?" And then he's they're like, "You know, the banquet that everyone's invited to." And he's like, "I'm not invited." And he realizes everyone in heaven is invited except him. So he wouldn't feel so bad all of a sudden about eating the peaches. Yeah, well, yeah he took his share and then some. Yeah, millions of peaches. And this why is why would the handmaids not just be like, "You are invited." Sorry, you're new. We didn't set up your pigeonhole yet. Come along, <laughs> <laughs> heavenly pigeonhole. <laughs> I mean, sorry, you've just got to go check in reception. You've got to introduce yourself. You've got to get a staff photo. Did someone give you your locker key? You know? No. Oh, my God. So sorry. Yeah, no, come through. Come oh, you've been through. carrying your they lunch with you everywhere. Oh, one. my goodness. No, we've had such... No, we've been understaffed. I'm so sorry. Anyway, where are the peaches? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he hears that everyone's invited except him and he's pissed off. He freezes the maidens with magic. Uh-huh. And then hits up the banquet before anyone else can arrive and then eats all of their celestial food and drinks all of the immortal wine. So now he's had all the food, all the immortal wine, all the immortal peaches. I'm seeing I'm seeing the influence of the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. See, you can see yep. it there. It really was the birthplace of modern culture. Absolutely. And hungry, hungry hippos, board games. Oh everything has been influenced. It yeah, before has transcended the, uh, the form. Before this book, people didn't eat. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, this I take that for granted actually because I eat like every day. Yeah, I eat nearly every day. Heaps as well. actually, like like two three times. Well, Pe- back- a lot of peaches. Yeah. Yeah, only the ones that are immortal though. Yeah. And I, I'm only just getting this, the same ones in this. Yes, they yeah. are the. I yes, the immortal peaches. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah, I eat a lot of immortal yeah. peaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to be called doing a monkey. Oh. Eating a peach. Yeah. Oh, that's where that phrase comes from. Doing a monkey. To the monkey. So he eats all the food and then he, he flies back home to his mountain waiting for an attack for, for an, a rebellion. Basically, he's like, uh, they're, they're going to come after me for this, but whatever. And he's, <laughs> and he, he's not scared. He, he laughs to himself and is actually excited by the idea of fighting everyone. Because remember, he's like, I'm unbeatable. Yeah. He, he's even so more he immortal now, right? Yeah. Mm. He's eating all the if good stuff. If you're immortal and then you eat an immortal feast with immortal peaches or whatever, are you extra immortal? No, I think it's like when you're a, you've already got the star in Mario and you run into another star. Right. Um, Superfluous star. Yeah, but oh, that would extend your star. Oh. Ooh, so maybe it's not like that. Do you know what? No, I reckon. I reckon what would happen is because he is immortal from magic, and these peaches, I imagine, would eventually pass through your system because they only extend your life a little bit. Which means they would run out before he hits the end of his all of the immortality he already right. has. So wasted on him. So he's got sort of concurrent concurrent immortality. Yeah, and it does nothing. Right. It's like getting a star in Mario that only lasts half as long as the star you already have. What a waste. What a waste. An absolute waste. When others could have had it. Mm-hmm. The handmaidens, heavenly horses. Your brother with and the Luigi the remote. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Are you shattered? Oh, oh. come on. There's oh, right there. oh, but you already had a star. You could have jumped and solo me had the star. There's enough stars for everyone. A monkey no. would have said, "Stuff you." <laughs> he's a real. He's a bit of a jerk. I love him, but yeah, honestly, he's, he's he no is a team jerk. player. He's he is a bit of a jerk, especially in this bit. And the Jade Emperor is pissed off, so he spe- he sends an army of a hundred thousand celestial warriors to take him out. And monkey monkey single handedly defeats them all at once. This time they do attack at him. He's like, no worries. A monkey. Did he do some sort of spinning move? Spinning move with a nine-ton block Pillar. of steel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That'll do it. He's badass. The only one who's any match for monkey is the Jade Emperor's nephew, a guy called Erlang. Erlang and monkey are evenly matched and both change into many different animals during the fight. Monkey decides to flee when his monkey disciples are captured in big heavenly nets. <laughs> He's like, oh no, they've got the nets. Heavenly nets. Uh, finally, a diamond jade ring is thrown at Monkey from behind while he's fighting. Coward. <laughs> a coward <laughs> chump. There's a coward, <laughs> coward ring. Uh, knocking him senseless and enabling Erlang to bind him up. Uh, oh, I suppose, yeah, you're not a model, but you can still get knocked out. Yes, and tied up. And after fighting everyone and gloating, he's unbeatable. Monkey is finally caught. How far into the book for his first beaten? Uh, not honestly, about 10% of the way through. We're only 10% of the way through. But I don't go through everything because there's so many oh, adventures. So we're getting the abridged abridged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, very abridged. Lavelle abridged it and then I abridged Lavelle. So he's taken to heaven to be executed for his crimes, but fire, lightning and edged weapons have no effect. His training combined with the fact that he ate hundreds of life-prolonging fruits <laughs> have basically made him indestructible. They roast him for 49 days on a furnace and expect that that will take care of him. But when they open it up, he comes out stronger than ever. But, but pissed that they tried to kill him and again decides to take his anger out on heaven. So he escapes the furnace and starts breaking stuff again. 
<laughs> really? What a funny... He just behaves like a child. Yep. Oh, yeah, you try and kill me? Well, I'm going to break some of your stuff. Yeah. Oh. How does he get less mature after 450 <laughs> years alive? Amazingly, he does. Uh, he was in the kiln for a while. <laughs> Probably <cooked>. make, <laughs> make you a bit yeah, cooked and petulant. <laughs> oh, It was hot in there. It was real hot in there. <laughs> when I get hot, I get bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Starts breaking all their vases. Oh, my Stop. God, he's grumpy. Stop it. Monkey, have a nap. <laughs> the kiln that they put him in was... A vase-making kiln as well, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, well, if they had been just using it to make vases instead of punish, I think there's a lesson in yeah. here for both sides. Be creative instead of destructive. <laughs> yeah. Come on, mate. Finally, the Jade Emperor, who's had enough, he's had his absolute end of his tether, he appeals to Buddha, who is, of course, very wise and very powerful. And Buddha comes along and issues Monkey a challenge. That is, if Monkey can simply jump out of his hand... Monkey will become the new ruler of heaven. This is in the, t- the first episode this is of the in show. Oh, the last episode. I'm, I think I'm remembering this. Ooh. Or making it up. Ooh. <laughs> and Monkey's like, that's so easy. I'll cloud Somersault out of here. Bob's your uncle. I'll be the new king of heaven. I'll take that challenge. No worries. So he, he steps into Buddha's hand and he gives it a go and Somersault's out and thinks he's absolutely smashed the challenge. He's like, I'm thousands of miles away. He lands before five great pillars, thinking them to be the edge of the cosmos. This is this it? Yeah, this is it. And he tags one of the pillars with his name and even pisses at the base of another in order to prove that he's been there. Yeah. Is this in the story? This is all in the show. Oh I'm sure God. of it. And he comes back and he shows off to Buddha just how easy it was, only for Buddha to tell him, look closely. And he shows him that he actually never left Buddha's hand. The five pillars were in fact just Buddha's five fingers. Oh, God. So he's just pissed on Buddha's hand. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Monkey, realizing that, oh, no, I've pissed off the Buddha. I've, I've lost the bet. Tries to escape, but Buddha t- turns his hand and brings down a rock fall, sending the so-called great sage of heaven flying back down to earth. The rocks stack up like a mountain on top of him, and Buddha seals him underneath for 500 years as punishment for his mischief in heaven. The rocks form a mountain on top of Monkey, before Monkey can lift it off, Buddha seals him there. Monkey's really annoyed and screams out uh, a lot of uh, almost swear words. <laughs> he's quite annoyed, but he cannot escape. Wow, so That's he's finally met his match. Finally met his match, and all it took was, was Buddha. It's interesting. Like, Buddha was just playing with him. Why did he even give him the challenge? Like, because he could have defeated him anyway. He's trying to sort of teach him a lesson. Hey, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. You're down small. off your high horse, down out of my heaven, down into the rocks with you, sir. Exactly. Get off your heavenly high horse. (laughs) Hey everyone, Dave here just letting you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment, and they put it all in one place. If you get the Audible app, there is something for everyone. I'm talking bestsellers, celebrity memoirs, there's crime stuff, sci-fi, political thrillers, action-packed books, romance novels. Seriously, there is something for everyone on there. But this week, if I was to suggest a book, it would, of course, be Monkey King, Journey to the West. It is on Audible. The Julia Lavelle version from this year, it's modern, updated, it is accessible, and it is narrated by Kevin Shen. Man, this guy does a fantastic job of bringing the characters to life. I listened to the whole thing on Audible, and I absolutely suggest that this month. And we are coming up to gift-giving season, why not give yourself a gift? And that gift could be an Audible membership. 
Now is the absolute best time to do it with a special offer of 60% off your first three months. And if you'd like to give Audible a try, all you've got to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. One more time, visit audible.com slash bookcheat, A-U-I-D-B-L-E dot com slash bookcheat, or text bookcheat to 500-500. Thanks to Audible for supporting the show. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So that's Monkey, and I've spent a lot of the report uh, talking about Monkey because he's the coolest character. But then... For the rest of the story, we meet our next main character called Trapidica. Was that guy on the TV show at all? Trippy? Trippitaka? That's something <laughs> I remember. Is that anything? I'm, I mean, I'm going off very old memories. Trippitaco? The, the Trippi- restaurant in Brunswick? Oh, am I thinking of Trippitaco? <laughs> and the one on Gertrude Street? Oh, I'm thinking of the Gertrude... Fitzroy? Maybe it's a Fitzroy one. Uh, nice uh, establishment. What, char- what character is... Uh, well, he's got, he's got a couple of names, but mostly called Trapidica. He's a Buddhist monk. Yeah. That's a, yeah, there is a Buddhist monk in this show played by a woman, which is neither here nor there, but um, character's a boy, I think. Oh, okay. Yes, that'll be this character. And uh, yeah, part of the crew. The crew ends up being four of them, I think. Yes, and Trippidica is like... Trippy's, sort of, yeah, Trippy's sort of the very quiet, very wise. Yes, and they're... Almost the leader, even though Monkey's kind of the leader. Well, yeah, Trapidica is the leader because he's chosen by the, a Tong Dynasty emperor on Earth to travel from China to India to collect some scriptures to bring back to the Chinese Empire with the hope that the scriptures can bring virtue and enlightenment and enlightenment to the Chinese people. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's the, why they journey west. Yeah, so that is, the, that is the journey to the west. Ah. Yeah. So they're in the east in China and they're going to the west, which to them is India. Trapidica is a very dedicated monk, chosen because he's super pious and very, very religious. Oh, you're pious. You're full of pie. You love pie so much. And I'm also very much like this guy because he's also a bit of a wuss. (laughs) I don't know if he's in the TV show. That is, yeah, they changed the name slightly in the show, I guess. So close to Trapidica. Masaka Natsumi, a.k.a. Trapidica. There you go. And uh, in the story, I don't know if it's the same in the show, but yeah, Trapidic is a bit of a wuss. He's always worried for his life. And to be honest, when you hear some of the things they go through, it's oh, no God. surprise. I'm worried for him. Trippy's a bit of a wuss. Yeah, a bit of a wuss and hopeless at defending themselves. Right, yeah. In the, sh- in the show, kind of like feels like sort of separate from it almost. The others protect him, but... Doesn't seem... I can't like remember him being he, scared. Is he oblivious to what's going on? Or even? just sort of like above it, you know, thinking fighting's not... Oh, okay. You know, very oh. zen or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so this character is very zen. But um, he, he sets off for the West and almost immediately his two escorts are killed during an, account, an encounter with demons, like basically minutes after leaving. 
well, and he's like, not oh dear, start. okay, I'm on my own here. It's just me and a horse, all right? Is it is it played as funny? It sounds funny. It's, it sounds like a funny character. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's so, oh, I don't know about this. Especially, I don't know, mon- I don't know, monkey. And monkey's like, hey, man, I'm the toughest dude in the world. Don't worry about it. Because don't don't talk to me about Buddha, but apart <laughs> yeah, from that... Yeah, everyone else. <laughs> it sounds like a fun combo. Like one guy being like, um, do you think we should be careful? And the other guy being like, you can't die. It's not possible <laughs> to die. Is that Tigger and Piglet? <gasps> I love Piglet. I read a book once Again, called The the Tao or the Tao of, of Winnie Pooh. Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. yeah. And that, is that what you... Is that... What yeah, you mentioned ta- before, Tao is also pronounced as also known as Tao. Yeah, someone gave it to me like a self help book at one point. I actually read it, oh. and yeah, I remember it being good, but I couldn't tell you much about it. But yeah, it's in, it's interesting that you brought it up then. What are, what are you? How are you thinking? I just think that uh, maybe the archetype of Lil Wuss and Big Strong, um, who's like nothing bad can happen to me, is like Winnie the Pooh and Piglet as a combination, and maybe. Tig is the maybe Milne read Journey to the West and was like, "Oh my god, I want to explore this dynamic." <laughs> right. So who's Monkey Pooh or I, Tigger? Uh, Pooh or Tigger? I reckon probably probably Pooh. Mm, see, Tigger's more confident, but Pooh. I don't think Pooh knows bad things could happen to him. Right. Like if something bad happened to Pooh, he'd be like, "What a fun day I had." Like, hey, how cool was it when I got stuck in that hole and Rabbit drew a face on my bum? <laughs> Fun times. Isn't life a party? And Piglet would be like, what about all the bad things that happened? People would be like, I can't hear you over the sound of a good time. Let's get some honey. <laughs> so it always seemed like the boring Disney cartoon when I was a kid. Saturday it, Disney, I'm like, uh, when is the poos? Oh, you went, I love it. Give me DuckTales. Okay. It seemed boring at the time because fewer things were happening on the screen. But those character dynamics. Oh, I think it was just a oh pretty more mature, probably, show, and I was not ready. Yeah, exactly. I think about it now. I'm like, the, you know, it writes itself. Give me, give me the character with depression, which you know, it's been pointed okay. out. Okay. Everyone's still really nice to to Eeyore. They're just like, oh yeah, cool. You can't come out today. Sick. Yeah, that's nice. Peace. <laughs> there's a there's a single mum in that show. Very progressive. That's uh, Kanga. Yeah. Right. Great show. I loved it. Yeah, right. Especially that time that Piglet had to be brave. Give me gummy bears any day of the week. <laughs> Bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> they're more your speed? Yeah, they're beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. <laughs> so Trapidica's wandering alone because he's immediately lost his chaperones. He's like, oh dear, this is like a many, many... I think it's a 100,000 mile journey in the book. So oh he's like, God, oh dear. Uh so he wanders alone and he comes across Monkey trapped under a mountain who's like yelling out, hey, help. And a, uh, a woman named Guan Ying who herself is on her way to Buddha, Buddhahood and is sort of overseeing Tripitaka's quest kind of like as his fairy godmother that overlooks Tripitaka. everything. I'm just saying Tripitaka wrong maybe. Somehow, Tripitaka, Tripitaka. That feels like that might be the same word. Oh, okay. It's the same name, I should say. Oh, it's fun to learn that you've been thinking of a... I mean, there's been a big gap in between, but... <laughs> Every morning you wake up and say, trip it car. <laughs> <laughs> Your first word as a baby. <laughs> and it was wrong. <laughs> it was Possibly wrong. even that the English dubbed version just pronounced it just wrong. Because it, it was... It feels like they did a pretty slapdash... Yeah, okay. Uh, ...translation or uh, dubbing of it back in the day. 
I'm just basing it on the audiobook I listened to. No, you're basing it on a... Yeah. And, that, and the guy is of Chinese descent. I imagine he did his I'm, research. I'm putting no... I'm not... I'm claiming... Uh, I'm assuming that I am saying it wrong. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. So, yeah, he comes along... Um, Monkey and then his fairy godmother kind of thing, uh, Guan Ying, makes a deal with Monkey that if he assists Trapitica on his quest, then he will be set free afterwards. And Monkey's like, all right, sounds good. I'll join this quest to India. So on the way, they uh, off they go. And on the way, they expand their crew to include a few others. There's uh, first up, Pigsy. Pigsy. Hey, he's, Pigsy. He's sort of the, the Michelangelo of the crew. The party guy. Party dude. He's, party a, dude. he's yeah. a obsessed with food. He's a gluttonous, <laughs> rice-loving, divine pig able to fly with his ears. Aww. He was once an immortal in heaven, <laughs> but drank too glutton. much during a celebration of the gods and attempted to harass the moon goddess. Yeah, he's a real sleazebag yeah, on the show. He's, in this, he's sleazy as well. He eats a lot and he's a sleazebag. Uh, which he resulted... Wait, are we cancelling Pigsy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Pigsy. It's over. Resulting in his banishment to the mortal world and it, where it was turned into a pig. Which uh, suits him as he's always complaining about being hungry and spends a lot of the journey pigging out. His weapon of choice is a rake. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? He just bashes people in the head with a rake. That's Back in the show. Rake end or stick end? Oh, he, he rakes you across the head. Is that a so you get a free comb over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freddy Krueger also. Does Freddy Krueger also use the rake? Or is that just in the Simpsons version? Oh, it's hockey stick, is it? Are you thinking of Sideshow Bob? I'm I'm thinking of the Halloween episode where Groundskeeper Willie... Uh, I'll see you in your dreams. Freddy Krueger's got those little hedge-trimming things on the end of his fingers. Yeah, right. But I think in the... Maybe I'm... Why am I even wasting... I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely. I think Grand's I think I even spoke it. over you to say that. I, don't I didn't mean to. Sometimes I just have a thought and I'm saying it. I understand. I'm, I think there's a reason we're all in this business. <laughs> I am already sitting in the corner of this room. Let's call it the quiet corner for the next little bit. <laughs> nah, let's not. Well, let's see if he's got any comments on this next character. Our, p- our trio <laughs> then pick up a fourth member, a depressive man-eating, a depressive man-eating river sand monster named Sandy. He too was exiled from nothing heaven. To, nothing to say about Sandy. He wants to. Oh, oh he's my biting God. his comment. <laughs> Big Sandy fan. <laughs> uh, he's S- back. Sandy was exiled from heaven and turned into a hideous monster because he accidentally smashed a crystal goblet belonging to the Queen Mother of the West during a peach banquet. Isn't that oh. stiff? Monkey's done so much. Yeah, but the, the, he this accidentally is a, dropped a glass. The Jade Emperor is really trigger happy. Like you can do anything, and it's either executed or, or, or banishment. In the show, he wears a necklace of little skulls, Ooh. which I, you know, at the time I didn't think, but they, I guess they're ch- like baby skulls. Oh yeah, because he eats people. That's one of his okay. big sins. That's one of his sins. Is and they come across him terrorizing villages when they want to cross a river, and he's like inhabiting the river. His weapon is a magic wooden staff wrapped in pearly thread. There you go. Like a sh- big shimmery stick. Yeah, like a. But what happens when he gets blood on it? Shimmers. <laughs> he also agrees to go on the monk's journey. Basically, they're all like lost souls that are doing this, apart from Trapitica, to, the try ragtag band. to bring their, you know, they're trying to make good so they can go back to their better lives. Right. Finally, they are accompanied by a noble steed 
White Dragon Horse, who was also banished by the Emperor. He was once a dragon prince, but set fire, set a fire that destroyed a pearl that was a gift from the Jade Emperor. He was banished to a stream and then turned into a white dragon. Ah, oh, so he's a horse, but a dragon. Well, no, he is a horse. Our group come across him, and the dragon actually eats the horse that Trapidica is riding on, uh, leaving him without a horse. Right. And after Monkey beats the dragon in a fight, because of course he does, he beats all these people, yeah. he's, tra- he's transformed into a replacement horse and continues on with the crew. So he's, he, he's a, a, an exact copy of the original horse that he ate. And he basically loses the ability to speak. So for the rest of the book, he's just a he's horse. Just a horse. <laughs> They're like, okay, um, you want a job? No, you've made one for yourself. And they just trot on. So we've got... Could have just got a horse. But, I mean, they weren't, they weren't keeping the word count well, down, were they? No, <laughs> 2,000 pages. <laughs> it sounds like they had a horse and then it got et. And they were like, okay, well, we got one option here. Enjoy four legs forever. Yeah. Goodbye to your wings. <laughs> Oh, I think I'd love to be a horse. I think horses are so fucking cool. I want to know Big what horse it fan. feels like to be a horse. Yeah, because apparently their anatomy is such that if you were to map the same bone structure onto us, they're essentially like on their fingers, like yeah, on one finger. the, the hooves are, are nails. Yeah, yeah, they evolve from having multiple fingers, and then they sort of all clump together. And the, the hoof is just like one big hard nail. Mm. Beautiful. I think. It's a be- isn't that a beautiful image? <laughs> beautiful image. <laughs> Something for everyone of that image. Yeah. Ooh. I've watched people... <laughs> I've been a part of like cleaning out a horse hoof. And it You've looks... You've been a part of it. It looks illegal. Like they'll be going in with like a little metal stick trying to like... Because you've seen the horseshoes and the prints they leave. It's because they've got... A, that's all nail... So that obviously fills up with dirt and it like gets compacted and stuff. So people like shoving this big metal nail yeah, the, into uh, the dirt mounds to like scrape all this dirt out. And I'm like, uh, looks painful. What, what are they called again? Farrier. Farrier. Farriers. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that. And the horse is fine. I'm like, I guess this isn't damaging the horse. Yeah. They just it, sort of stand there with their knee bent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, they're getting yeah, a mani-pedi. <laughs> yeah. And then you like cut the nail, and again, it's a nail, so it should be fine. Like the horse doesn't bleed. Like the nails that you use don't break the skin or anything, but the dirt's so compacted that you need something sharp to dig. Yeah, it's no good. They they chill with it. These ones don't have shoes. These ones didn't wear any shoes. Huh. Oh, oh no, they did wear shoes. You had to take the nails out, take the shoes out, cut the nails, put the put, and you, then you. There's a great Sean McAuliffe bit. I think it was him. Close one of his shows by saying, and remember, a horse is the only animal you can legally hammer a nail into. <laughs> and that was his closing note. And I was like, oh, that'll stay with me. <laughs> I reckon that's in there now. I think it's a good rule too. Yeah, it reminds you of the law. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to obey nanny. the law. Talk about nanny state. A <laughs> couple of trapedicas over here. I'm a monkey over here. Nailing... Nails into any animal I want. Okay, which which animal are you nailing nails into? Turtle. Oh, okay. I see it. Into what part of it? Head. Head. Turtle's <laughs> <laughs> so like, ow. Shit, that hurts. Why are you doing that? Yeah, you doing? Mate, that's my head. <laughs> so, just to recap, we've got monkey. We all know monkey. Trapedica, the monk, Pigsy, the pig, Sandy, the sand monster, and 
the horse. <laughs> and the horse. And the horse. And basically from here, it is 80 chapters of their years-long travel from China to India to get these scrolls. They travel on the famous Silk Road through what is now Tibet, Nepal, and finally into India. And there's many little adventures, and it feels really episodic, and you can totally feel its influence on culture and cartoons like Dragon Ball and things like that, where they just each episode is like a new adventure or a quest or something. Oh, that's fun. And they meet so many different monsters of all shapes and sizes, wild animals, mountains of flames. They are captured multiple times, tied up, abducted by the wind, impregnated and married, as well as coming very close to being lacquered, minced, boiled, sautéed, steam-pickled, cured, liquefied and mated with by various fiends. Who is hungry? Because <laughs> <laughs> people, have, uh, all the monsters are obsessed with eating Tropitica because he's this pious monk and they think that if they eat him, one, he'll taste great and two, they might live forever themselves. Uh, so he's constantly being captured. Worth a, a million peaches. Tasty little snack he is. Yeah, he really is. And uh, obviously, it's very hard to summarise 80 chapters of adventures that take place over hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of pages. <laughs> but um, just to give you the idea, I thought I'd give you an example of one adventure. Yes, please. Is this your favourite of the adventures? Um, I liked this character a bit, yeah, the, the, the bad guy. So that they're wandering along, walking up a mountain, when suddenly there's a flash and a, a fireball whizzes past them. And no one is hurt, but they notice that Trapitica, the monk, yet again has vanished. He's been kidnapped again. <laughs> Which is like basically every chapter. <laughs> Tasty little guy. Yeah. It would be such a burden to be delicious. I feel for people even, <laughs> I think the modern equivalent, and maybe this is from this story as well, but you know how you have friends who the mosquitoes love? Yes, oh, I am. Next journey from the West into Oh, it, so. that makes sense. I am that friend. Mm. I am Trapitica. Yes, I'm a wuss. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I think, Is it the kind of thing where it always goes missing and then like you cut to the scene... Tripitica is tied up yeah, and, tied and the up. bad guy's going, uh, tell you what I'm going to do to you and gives the whole plan out like classic yeah, that's right. evil guy oh, in a yeah. movie. Tying Abs- a little napkin behind his neck, <laughs> yeah. sharpening a big steak knife. Yeah, totally. And like the fire is always boiling away in the corner and they're like, when this gets hot enough, I'm going to steam you good boy and stuff like that. And then eventually monkey comes in and saves the day, basically. And they and never uh, learn to just... just Kill just, first. Just eat him right eat now. Eat later. Eat him right now. Eat now. So they realise he's been kidnapped. They ask around and they realise he's been kidnapped by a local demon called Red Boy. Oh, yeah. Which ah. like, who's been terrorising the local villagers. And which causes Monkey to breathe the sigh of relief as Red Boy is the son of King Bull Demon. A demon that Ma- Monkey fought alongside 500 years earlier and became blood brothers with. He, he tells the others, don't worry. I'm his dad's blood brother. As soon as he finds out who, you know, who's Trapitica's protector, he'll let him go straight away. Don't you worry about that. So he approaches the cave where Red Boy lives and uh, Red Boy says, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> what are you talking about? And uh, Monkey is pretty offended. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm blood brother with your dad. And then... Um, Red Boy gives him absolutely nothing. Red Boy. That's oh <laughs> no, so God, good. Like getting blanked by Red Boy. <laughs> He's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're talking about, Monkey. And he tries to stab Monkey straight away, which is not going to plan. Monkey's told his friends, don't worry. I got this. I got this. I know his dad. He'll listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Red Boy's like, whoa, stranger danger. You do not know my dad. What's the password? <laughs> Monkey should show him his butt. Say, I'm not all Red Boy, but I got a Red Boy butt. You got a Red Boy butt? Is that enough? 
You and me. We're yeah. not so different, yeah. you and I. <laughs> me and your dad are blood brothers. We, we're red butt we're red brothers. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pigsy strikes Red Boy on the head with the rake, and after stumbling back, Red Boy uses a spell to cast out a wall of fire that engulfs the whole cave. Not wanting to become roast pork, Pigsy runs away. Fair. I would do the same were I also made of delicious pork. <laughs> Monkey fights on through the flames as they don't affect him, but Red Boy blows... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, book. <laughs> it blows, he blows smoke hard into Monkey's eyes, which irritates him and causes him to flee. He dives into a cold stream and then passes out, so he was actually affected by the smoke. He realises it's demonic fire, and he's like, oh, no, maybe I, maybe I need weakness, help here. Uh... Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm going to need help to rescue my master. And the person they always go to for help is their guardian angel, one of the architects for the mission, Guan Ying. Oh. The lady's on her way to Buddhahood. But Monkey feels too weak to go to find her and instead sends Pigsy. But their enemy, Red Boy, is clever and anticipates they'll go to Guan Ying for help and transforms himself into her likeness. And when Pigsy captures her, uh, when Pigsy approaches, he captures him. He's like, oh, I'm Guan Ying. And then Pixie's like, Guan Ying, I need ha- I'm going to need your help. And then suddenly he turns into Red Boy and captures him and takes him to the cave to eat him by steaming him and serving him with wine. So now he's captured two of the disciples. Oh, dear. It's not the way they wanted. No, this is going awry. Yeah. It's not going Dave, well. Why are you telling how us this story of failure? <laughs> how, was, how was Monkey able to you know, beat gods and then be like, ah. Oh. Red boy. This one's <laughs> Bit of smoke red, in my though. eyes. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, beat the army of... Yeah, that's tricky when you write it into early in the story. Like, oh, yeah, beat all of heaven's armies. He's too good. He's got no weaknesses. And then episodically, yeah, you've got to shrink down the battle. he's got eyes. And... <gasps> yeah, he does. Oh, hopefully smoke the word out. doesn't get up to the Jade King. Take him out to the eyes. Like Ned Kelly's legs. Monkey Magic's eyes because Ned Kelly didn't his armor didn't go to his legs until he got done. He got done in his legs. Should yeah. have done the legs. Yeah, <laughs> I think of Monkey Magic's Monkey's eyes as kind of his Ned Kelly. Legs. That's what the cops said to each other at the time. They're kind of like his Achilles um, weakness. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, now we know that Achilles came from um, Monkey King. Absolutely, Monkey that's King. right. Yeah. So yeah, th- really, this saying shouldn't be Achilles' heel. It should be Monkey's eyes. Oh, it's my real Monkey's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So Pigsy doesn't return, and getting a bad feeling, Monkey goes into the cave to investigate. Of course, they won't let Monkey in, but he turns himself into a piece of gold cloth that the goblins guarding the cave see floating in the breeze. They pick it up, thinking it's a treasure, and then carry it into the cave. Where Monkey hears Red Boy asking his goblins to send an invitation to his father to join him for dinner. So Monkey races ahead of them, transforming into his old friend King Bull Demon, who's Red Boy's father, and intercepts the goblins who mistake him for the real dad and then bring him back to the cave. And Red Boy is totally taken in by Monkey's disguise as his father. Even when Monkey dresses, the dad keeps talking about how great and powerful Monkey is and how his son should really watch out for him because he's such a powerful guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh jeez Louise A red boy laughs when his dad tells him that Monkey's a master of disguise And, and he's like huh, I'd know that Monkey as soon as he tried to enter this cave There's no way he'd be able to sneak in here Monkey's like oh, That Pro- is funny Probably got his red butt on the chair Yeah just absolutely blowing out the seats with his <laughs> cheeks so, so all's going well until Red Boy wants to serve Trapitica, but Monkey tells him, sorry, I've, I've gone vegetarian four days a month to become a better demon. So how about we, <laughs> how about we eat this human guy tomorrow? 
And Red Boy thinks, hang on a second. My dad's never turned down human less in a, in a thousand years. Why would he try to atone for his sins by going vegetarian mm-hmm. now? So he devises a trap and he asks his dad or monkey to remind him of his exact date and time of birth because he needs to tell a fortune teller. Monkey, who obviously doesn't know the answer, tries to fob him off by saying, Oh, the old memory's not what it once was. I'll ask your mother when I get home. (laughs) 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 And with this, Red Boy knows there's an imposter playing his father and calls for his goblins to attack. Monkey transforms back into his true form and quips, Ah, the youth of today, attacking their own fathers. (laughs) That's a good quip. So he also invented Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Monkey flees the cave by transforming into a ray of golden light and he catches up with Sandy, who's been waiting for him in the forest. And he says, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is I played an excellent joke on Red Boy and bluffed him into thinking I was his father. The bad news is Trapitico has been stripped and is being scrubbed for the steamer Pixie has also been captured and being marinated in a bag suspended from the roof of the cave, ready for the slow cooking. They're very... yeah. They The bad news, they're yeah. very slowly killing yeah. our friends. Yeah. But the good news is, I did a sick prank. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He, so he transformed himself into a golden light? light? Yeah. That's cool. So he can be light. He can be that? light. He can oh do anything. Sandy's, he, Sandy begs him to stop wasting his time on pointless pranks. It didn't feel like it was a pointless prank at the time. He was trying to buy time. He's underselling it. Maybe he's not underselling it. Maybe he was just trying to have a silly boy time. <laughs> and he accidentally tried to... Because he tried to put off her death. Oh, his death by oh, yeah. death. Well, Monkey quips that the prank has healed him and he can now go to Guan Ying himself. <laughs> he's like, I feel so much better after playing a trick on that stupid red oh, boy. Oh, God. I'm such an extrovert. <laughs> Being around people's really lifted me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Monkey tells uh, Guan Ying what's happened. He, he somersaults to go and see her. And when hearing that Red Boy impersonated her, she flies into a rage and throws down her her vase into the ocean. She's always carrying a vase. It gets spit back out and Guan Ying asks Monkey to pick it up, but he can't even move it. So Thor's hammer also. She, yes, influenced. <laughs> uh, even though it's probably a lot older. <laughs> she, no, no, no. she explains that it's... It's because the vase now contains all the water from all the oceans, rivers and lakes in the world. And she says, this is going to be, this is what's needed to extinguish Red Boy's demonic fire. She then casually flexes by picking up the vase with one hand. Oh, amazing. Yes. Monkey actually bows so the rest, out of respect. Good. And the rest of the world is all of a sudden dry. Yeah, it doesn't say whether or not that's the case. I was thinking that too. I'm like... All right. Well, a lot, a lot of, of ecosystems yeah. are yeah. falling apart yes. right now. You've just uh, starved the whole world. One, <laughs> I hope this is uh, worth it. And uh, she, they travel back to see Red Boy floating on a platform that's on top of thirty-six divine swords hidden underneath it. That is pretty cool. Upon returning to the mountain where Red Boy lives, Guan Ying evacuates all the animals within three hundred miles, and then lets go of the vase containing all the rivers and all the oceans. She then instructs, instructs Monkey to get Red Boy out of his cave. And upon seeing Guan Ying, Red Boy questions who she is and stabs a lance into her heart, but she vanishes into a ray of light. Oh, she can do that too. Ooh. Red Boy mocks Guan Ying and says, God, she was easy to defeat and sits on her platform. But as soon as he sits down, Guan Ying shouts disappear and the flowers and leaves concealing the 36 swords disappear and they start stabbing into Red Boy. 
uh, hundreds and hundreds of times. Brutal. So, yeah, suddenly you're sitting on a throne of swords. Ooh. How do you like that, gotcha. red boy? I think that's a better prank. Yeah. Yeah, pranked you. <laughs> He'll have a red raw ass after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the demon tries to pull out the swords, Guan Ying recites a spell that, that turns the swords into hooks that grab into, onto his body. Finally, Red Boy begs for mercy, saying, I did not realise how powerful you are, Guan Ying. Spare me and I'll follow your Buddhist laws. So she shaves off almost all of his hair. Again, another great prank. Cool. Uh, Except for three tufts that are plaited into tiny braids. She then orders the swords to disappear and they fall away, leaving Red Boy unscarred. But as soon as he's free, he again tries to stab Guan Ying. Oh, my God. (laughs) How can you try and go Buddhist and then kill immediately? Yeah. It seems rude. What a faux yeah. pas. She quickly counters by throwing five golden rings on him that attach to his hands and feet. No matter how hard he tries, he can't get them off. And on her command, they're able to bind Red Boy and cause him great pain, which is the same type of ring that is put on Monkey's head in another st- part of the book. Ah. Right. Because he keeps disobeying Trapidicus and he's given the, uh, the secret me- uh, spell that any time Monkey's acting up, uh, no matter how powerful he is, he can't get this ring off his head and it constricts him and he goes, all right, it hurts, stop, yeah. I'll do whatever you want. So this, this red boy's got five of them on him. Uh, the chapter finishes, or the adventure of, finishes with Guan Ying scooping up all the water she dropped into the vase and taking red boy back to be, quote, educated. <laughs> <laughs> and it finishes, quote, and off monkey went for a happy reunion with Sandy, Trapitica and Pixie. But this was not the last monkey and his fellow pilgrims would hear from red boy and his family. So that's the kind oh. of like the end of that episode, but we know they're going to come back throughout, and that's sort of fun. what the, fun. the story is. Yeah, that's that's how it is, and there's there's dozens of these mini stories. Was it released initially episodically like that, or was it always released in one big book? No, I'm not sure. Because um, it's got the vibe of it being. It does sound like it was released like like a series. Yeah, yeah. like it was in in a ma- monthly in a magazine or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it, I'm not sure how it was released back. When it first came out. But definitely could have been serialized, that's for sure. So that's just one little adventure. There's dozens of these challenges. But eventually, after 14 years and 80 adventures, 80 chapters across 108,000 miles, across countless kingdoms, they make it and they get the scrolls and return to China. Good on them. Yeah, in the end, they are... Well, I mean, good on <laughs> yeah, them. Good on nah, them. Good on them. Yeah, they set out to do something, they did it. They did it, honestly. It that's took them great. a long time. No, nah, a bit of st- a good old-fashioned stick to That's great. Mm. You happy for them? Yeah. I'm happy for them. proud of them. And did they learn? Well, in the end, they get the scriptures back, made up of a full set of 5,048 scrolls, and Trapitica is welcome to his, ho- his home city as a hero. And after a massive feast, the pilgrims are all whisked away to Soul Mountain and are rewarded by Buddha himself for their quest and are given jobs in the Thunderclap administration. Oh, they work in admin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Your reward, you're an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buddha appoints Trapitika to be a sandalwood Buddha, which is uh, very high, high up. Oh, cool. An honourable position. Monkey is named Buddha Victorious in Struggle. That sounds good. I mean, it doesn't sound like he struggled much. <laughs> At least in the early parts. Yes. Yeah. Sandy is named Golden Bodied Arhat, which is one who has gained insight into the true nature of existence and has achieved nirvana. Wow. So they're all given great jobs. Pigsy is given the job of altar service attendant. 
Because on the journey, he was still susceptible to greed and lust. Right. He's he never... pigging out and being sleazy. Oh, oh no, Pigsy. No. He never, he never Too learned. Too warned up for yeah. an accolade. And Pigsy's not happy that he's not named Buddha, but Buddha says it's because he still talks back. He's like, why didn't I get called Buddha? He's like, because of this exact situation. <laughs> You're questioning me, Buddha. <laughs> Is it, it almost feels a little bit Wizard of Aussie. I wonder if that was yeah. his influence as well. When they all get something, yeah. Uh, Pigsy, he says, you shouldn't complain because after all you'll get to clean up or eat any of the things offered to the altar that no one else wants. Isn't all you want is to pig out? Pig, Pigsy's like, God damn it, butter. <laughs> you got me. You got me, butter. <laughs> damn it, I'm in heaven. You really are very wise. <laughs> uh, finally, the horse who was once a dragon prince. He is promoted to Heavenly Dragon of the Order of Eight Supernatural Beasts, okay. which is a mouthful. But uh, he's happy, so I think it's good. So it's like eight, eight, situation, eight supernatural beasts, are they eight all, different kinds? or All horses, or what do we got? <laughs> well, yeah, there's a turtle with a nail in its head. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we learn that the hoop placed on Monkey's head that caused him so much pain has disappeared because the bad boy has come good. Aww. Uh, the final line in, is the group chanting together with the other divinities of Soul Mountain, and they're giving their praise to every Buddha. It says, We dedicate ourselves, the heavenly chorus finished, to the pure land of the Buddha, to repay compassion from above and to save those below. Those who see and hear will be reborn and enlightened in the land of ultimate bliss. Here ends the journey to the West. We did it. Aww. We made it. Yay! 14 years. I have <laughs> abridged many adventures <laughs> in there. <laughs> But it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, if that was one of like hundreds of adventures, it would have been impossible to do it all. Yeah, no way. It would have been a very long episode. You'd have had to do its own series. Yeah, I'm very impressed. You read the whole thing. Well, I mean, I read the I didn't read the 2,000 page version. I must say, and and the version from Lavelle, it's very it's great. It's like sort of written in very modern language, which I, so it's it's, it's, and it's yo hey yo. Uh, what's up. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Up. Yeah. We keep referencing coronavirus. <laughs> it's really modern. Keeps up with the times. I really like when text gets modernised. I think something, maybe I've spoken about this when you've spoken about Shakespeare, but Shakespeare's works were so accessible to everyone. Like people who didn't have a lot of money could watch Shakespeare. And so whenever people do Shakespeare, you know, put the plays on or whatever, and they... When people get angry that people modernise Shakespeare and put it in plain English terms, it's like, no, you've got to do it in the original. It's like, cool, he probably would have fucking hated that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's now not accessible unless you are wealthy enough to have the education to understand it. People are like, what does that mean? It's yeah. like, hey, we don't speak like that anymore. What does thou mean? <laughs> Sorry. I just modernised it, man. <laughs> Made it cool and hip. Yeah, but, no, it's, but it, it's great. It's, um, but I think modernising text is really important. Because I think history is very, very important and I think preserving texts as they were is a really big part of history preservation because if you're talking about how people used to communicate, like that's really all that we have is the way we communicate with each other because otherwise nothing inside the brain gets out of it. But modernise it so it can be shared in the way that it was intended to be shared originally. Yeah, I think that's so important. Because I must say I did look up a couple of... I think it was first translated into English like not that long ago, like the 1940s or something. And I looked up, like, there's PDFs online that you can look at for free, but uh, that are translations that are more literal and are the 2,000-page version, and it's pretty tough going. 
It's a bit of a slog. Yeah. I know. Sort of, but this the modernized version updated is really accessible and yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just fun. And like because it is so episodic, you can just pick it up. Or I jumped in the car and listened to a bit on the audiobook and it, you get one adventure yeah, and then the great. next chapter is, you know, or a couple of chapters later they're doing something else. Fun. That's lovely. Yeah, so it's I really cool. I think this is a great book and I love that there's a modernized version. I love that it's in audiobook, it's accessible, especially with, uh, you know, especially with names that are in different languages, it, like especially like Mandarin where it's tonal. Yes, and you it is. You have no idea how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It because like, you, there, are, there is information in there that we don't have in our language. Totally. And even me trying to reproduce some of the names. I'm not doing an accurate job, but it's it's great trippy to hear. Trippy Taco. From <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't get Trippy Taco. I'm so sorry. But it's great to hear that you, love, you, that you like the sound of it. Usually we end it by scoring out of five, as we heard it here today. Monkey King, Journey to the West. Oh, I'm going to give it a five. I think it was fun. I think the characters are wild. I feel like every time you get annoyed at a character, it's you're meant to, you know? <laughs> Yeah, totally. And there's lessons in there. And apparently there was, there's, um, when I was re- reading to the history of it, there's bits that I'm not getting at, at, which is like, apparently some of it is satirizing the Chinese culture at the time, which, you, you know, 500, 500 years later, nearly, I'm not getting that, that okay. level. Yeah. But it's cool that I can get it on any level because it's, you know, quite old. It's cool. I, I liked it a lot as well. Um, I mean, it's hard because I'm, I'm picturing the TV show as yeah, you were yeah. talking about it <laughs> the and whole stuff. time. But yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say like four and a half out of five. Love that. That's a great. That's a very high score. Which I'm also going to give it. Give it four and a half out of five. Where's it losing a half? I yeah, I know that's a good point. I always think like five means perfect, but and then there's nowhere to go. But why do five I need to leave? Perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, where does it lose its? Where's I, it losing marks? Um. What they taught us in year 12. I hey, guess it, you get an 80, find out where you're losing the 20. Um, Don't you be happy with your A. I think I'm... Um, <laughs> That's right. We're going to take away the joy of, of this I'm, from you. I'm lo- it's losing the half in the uh, all the bits that I didn't hear. I just can't be sure. So just in case... All those missing bits that Dave didn't tell us about. I don't mean my score to be a personal reflection on, at all or judgment on your score. Oh, no, but your score is a personal reflection. Yeah, of me and my score. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going full monkey on this. I'm going in with confidence. I'm taking it face value. Five. Monkey <laughs> five. It's fun. That. I'm having a blast. Monkey King would give himself five out of five oh, every yeah. time. He yeah. sounds... Yeah, so many great characters. I love... Uh, a, a, a ragtag band that yeah. everyone has distinct personalities and stuff. It's fun. And yeah. they don't always get along either. That monkey a couple of times cracks it and goes, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And he like clashes with Pigsy and they basically need to beg him to come back. Right. Ah. Because, yeah. And then, but he always does. He always comes back and protects his master. You should watch some of the, some of the, Oh, the 70s or 80s, whatever it was, Monkey Show. Yeah, I'd like to see it because I knew the song and I knew of the show, but I don't know any of the yeah any of the stories. But it's cool to hear that when I'm reading it out, you're going, yep, that's they did that in the show too. They did that. Yeah. And they kept it faithful. Yeah. I mean, from my vague memories, I did see the first episode again a couple of years ago for Primates. That's why I remember the hand bit and the, temp- and the pillars. Yeah. Buddha's hand. Yeah, that's sick. It makes me want to watch it again too. Movie night, movie night. Ooh, that would Marathon. Be fun. Yeah. 
There's also, I believe, a, a show out on Netflix now, which is maybe also a yeah, I co-production think, with the ABC or something. Yeah, I think there's like an Australian New Zealand. Yeah, I think after three seasons of it, which of I Monkey King. somehow had no yeah. idea about until I was looking into the how many adaptations. There are so many. There's hundreds of I them. I see why. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, a timeless, fun tale. Beautiful. And here ends... The Journey to the West. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the last book cheat of the year. Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas, everyone. New year. Happy New Year indeed. We did it. We I'm made sure, it. Sure, Christmas was also somehow influenced by oh, yeah. Monkey King. <laughs> Everything else was. Yeah, well, the three kings. The three, well, they, we don't know. They, maybe there were three monkey kings. Yeah. That's why they brought such weird presents. <laughs> yeah, because they have Humans no. wouldn't have brought murder. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on, Get mate. off it. <laughs> Mur feels like something a monkey would pick up from the shops. <laughs> totally. Got any mur? M- m- I guess so. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. We'll take one mur, please. One mur. The person in the shop, also a monkey. Yeah, sure, here's one mur <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Everyone Here is along. the mur. Monkey's like, uh-huh. <laughs> All of them leave sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. One interaction. <laughs> So this is the last episode of the year, but it's not the last time our voices can be heard in podcast form because both of you guys do many podcasts between you and uh, individually each each week. Cass, where can we hear more of your of your fantastic voice? Uh, you can jump onto sanspantsradio.com. I am currently in weekly episodes of D and D is for Nerds, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Surely that. There could be, there must be a Monkey King there D&D There must be out Monkey there. King mods because or like characters that you can build. Sure, because that, that, to me, I was even imagining that kind of thing where these ragtag group doing stuff, that felt like a D&D quest. Amazing. Know? Monkey King invented D&D. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a guy. Um, I'm also in Why Am I Sad and Shut Up a Second, some more podcasts. And every now and then I pop up in a Plumbing the Death Star or a Thumb Cramps. So check those out. Or a horny cramps. Yeah, we've, we're releasing the Christmas special. And when this comes out, maybe it'll already be released. You can look at Boner Cramps. Boner Cramps, sorry. Um, <laughs> our, every, we always do a... The boys always get a holiday special going where we only play horny games. And I was lucky enough to join them for this recent episode of Boner Cramps. So jump on if you want to hear about horny games that exist out there. Love it. And Matt, we can, where can we hear you? I uh, do a podcast with you, Dave, called Do Go On. Uh, which what? is a <laughs> podcast about each week's a different, it's sort of like a comedy history podcast where we tell a story from recent or ancient history or sometimes in between. Sometimes middle history. Yeah, that's true. Telling uh, a story sounds very much like Journey to the West, yes, am I right? We, we, have been we, we are a ripoff. <laughs> Heavily influenced. <laughs> uh, it's, well, it's some recent episodes. Uh, we did a live Christmas one, probably just came out or is about to come out. Just about to come out, I believe. Which yes. Which we haven't recorded yet, but I imagine it was a real good time. And then other episodes like uh, recently, like I the told the story of an Australian, the first Australian footballer who went over and made a career in America, uh, yeah. aka the Kangaroo Kicker. And he's like a freak. He still holds records in, in certain kicks and stuff in American football. Very cool. And he had, he had a, his own journey uh, to the West in a way. Yes, totally. Actually, he did. And, the, and there's uh, more mythical things. We've done the myth of Atlantis recently. That's oh. right, yeah. That's so that's, and that was wild. I can remember Plato because I had told that story and there was a lot of Plato in that. Yeah, that's right. Because he invented it. It could be, so. it's probably just an invention from him, isn't it? Yeah. Well, allegedly. Yeah. We go through all the uh, theories <laughs> or some of them. Um, yeah, and we've done a bunch of different 
literature based ones as well, like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, I believe. That's right. J.R.R. Harry Potter <laughs> writer. But a J.K. J.K., that's it. That's right, we did... Uh, who, who, we've done some... Little, Roald Dahl, The Life of Roald Dahl. Yeah. The, um, uh, the, uh, what about the guy who, who came up with that octopus monster? Jules Fern? Okay, no, but it, you did the report about a year ago. This guy, and it was, and it's Cthulhu's his name. Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. H. That's P. right. Lovecraft. Absolutely right. Another that is a giant <laughs> the call of Cthulhu. That's right. Yeah, um, we did the life. He lived a very strange life. That man. Yeah, lots of lots of writers. So uh, check out that. So we do. Yeah, sometimes it's a bio. Sometimes it's a, it's a story from history. Yeah, and you can check that out at dogoonpod.com. We can also check out other episodes of Book Cheat. You can uh, check out over the over the summer break. That's right, and yeah, primates. There's a hundred odd episodes. Both of you have been on it quite a few times. Oh, absolutely and love to get into the monkey madhouse. Yeah, <laughs> we should do. We should bring it. Get back into the monkey house sometime. But yeah, maybe if a companion piece of this would be, I don't. I can't remember what episode it was, but it would be called Monkey Magic, and or the uh, what was the other show that I Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. Z. Yeah, Dragon Boys. Dragon Boys. Dragon Boys. It was about these dragons who lived in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Uh, and they went around and renovated people's houses. There's a show I watch sometime called The Boise Boys, and it's these two guys, the original odd couple. Yeah. And they uh, do up houses and then sell them. That sounds Aww. like they came up with a title and worked backwards. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And one of them is like, it's like so obvious that they get on fine, but there's always like this real manufactured disagreements and stuff. That's so cute, having to make up little fights. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful show. Um, I'm just looking up, see if I can find the episode oh, number. Episode 33 is Monkey Magic. Episode 33. That's what I w- would have said too. I just I searched through with the keyword monkey. Turns out a lot <laughs> of episodes. <laughs> and what was the other one? Dragon Balls. E. Dragon Balls. 46 e. Dragon Balls E. e. Dragon Balls E. Some classic episodes of Primates there to get into. Brilliant. But that, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, as we always say at the end of the episode, and that is, I'm going to say it for the last time for the year, Books Forever! <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.